So for today's movie review, I kind of thought it would be appropriate. Maybe it's not. Um, I'm wearing my grandfather's slouch hat. He was in the artillery, uh, served in Vietnam. My grandfather apparently had a much smaller head than I did. Today we're going to talk about one of my favourite films of all time. It's called The Light Horseman. Um, it's got some really interesting depictions of mental illness that I'm excited to talk to you about today. Welcome to Shattered the Podcast. Sharing the lived experience of mental illness on a father, a mother, a family. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so today's movie is called The Light Horseman. This is one of those films that um, is well known in Australia. But if you're not in Australia, you should have a look at it. Um, It is a bit old now, although... When you watch it now, I watched it the other day, it's kind of cool because it feels like a period piece. Um, It just, even though it looks old, it kind of fits the movie. So, all right, The Light Horseman is the story of a young man who joins up with the Light Horse Brigade, one of the Light Horse Brigade, uh, in Palestine during World War I. Uh, he has lost a brother already and has signed up uh, against his parents' wishes. So he's now joined up with uh, a small troop. Um, they used to go in troops of four riders, four horses. Um, one of the guys got killed, got a Dear John letter. And that's a really interesting thing to talk about as well, because a Dear John letter, while you're on active service, um, can be catastrophic. Um, that's why they assign chaplains to individuals who may have gotten a Dear John letter. Uh, in this movie, it, it says it well. Um, the guy was shot in the leg, should have made it through, got his Dear John letter, and you can see his mate just says, well, you could see it in his eyes. As soon as he um, got the Dear John, he something went out in his eyes, and he didn't want to fight. So. There's that whole depiction. Now, the young bloke shows up, and he's very, very brave. He does some brave stuff, but he can't shoot a man. Um, two times, it's glaringly obvious that, you know, he's uh, he's not going to shoot a guy. And, and it's got one of the most um, iconic lines in a war film ever. I, I, I do love it very much, is... Uh, He's a, he's a brave kid and all that, but if you can't shoot a guy, bugger off, Dave, go back home. <laughs> um, says it a little bit differently to that, but um, that's the gist of it. Now, why I want to talk about this film today is it shows the impact that war has on the men as they're going on. The three surviving members, or maybe it's even four, I don't know, they're, they're standing on a beach and they're looking at the sunset. And one of the guys says, it's not a patch on the ones on Gallipoli. You know, the sunset weren't as good as the ones back in the previous battlefield. And they're just talking about how long they've been away from home. And it's like three years, four years. This longing for home comes through very, very clearly in this film. Where, for me, 
I like the interpretation of the uh, movie comes during the battle. And the Battle of Beersheba, if you don't know it, uh, the light, light horsemen were not cavalry as such. They were light horsemen. They were supposed to ride up, jump off their horse, then fight. They weren't supposed to ride all the way in. In this instance, they decided to use the men as uh, cavalry and get them to go all the way to the trenches. Now, there was a few things that made this charge suicidal. This is World War One, and they'd be charging machine guns and cannon. Um, but there are a couple of things that happened that made the charge successful. One was that because the enemy, the Turks, were expecting the light horsemen to jump off their horses and fight on foot, they weren't expecting them to keep coming. So they didn't adjust their sights fast enough. So um, after about a thousand meters, they were actually firing over the heads or at the feet of the troops. They weren't getting the right range. They were shooting above their heads. The charge was hugely successful and we talk about the success of that a lot. And even at the end of the film, the guy says, how many did we lose? He said, oh, only 30 blokes. It's not too bad. And he goes, well, un unless you're one of the 30 blokes. This film does a great job of showing through victory, even on the winning side, there's a cost. There's a debt that is going to be levied against the soldiers and that is going to be the taxing of their mental health. Now, this film does not go into great depth about that. In fact, it ends quite nicely. Uh, the guy ended up marrying the nurse, fixes him up after the, after the charge, and they end up getting married. And the story is kind of based on them. The point I wanted to make here is you can watch a film like Lawrence of Arabia or even the Rats of Tobruk, and you can think that perhaps the war in the desert was nicer. You know, we're going to look at 1917 later on um, in the week. But if you look at that and then look at the conditions that the, that the men in Palestine and the Middle East faced, you could think that, well, they don't compare because they were completely different. But whatever theatre of war you fight in, you struggle against the elements. And in the desert, it was the heat. It was malaria. It was uh, a whole host of terrible things that could happen to you that are related to the heat. So while guys, yes, in, in, in the Western Front were down the bottom of muddy trenches, um, the light horsemen didn't have those. The, the men that fought in the, in the desert didn't have the opportunity to dig trenches and fight from trenches. It was a mobile war. Point I want to make here is it's very easy to watch a film like The Light Horseman and think, wow, war is pretty cool. You know, there's some suffering, you're going to lose some mates, but, you know, all in all, it's going to work out well. I don't think any soldier comes home without PTSD. I don't see how they can. It would take a, a person of enormous mental strength 
to be completely unaffected. I had the opportunity to speak to two veterans who witnessed the same event uh, in Afghanistan. Two young blokes that were detecting mines um, got blown up. Both were killed. I had the opportunity to learn the stories of their section leader and their overall commander. Now, the overall commander had gone home to Australia for a legitimate reason. The section commander was there. When the two blokes got blown up, he was there in the middle of it, brushing the flies off, having to scrape parts of their bodies off his uniform. Then there was the warrant officer who wasn't there. He was back in Australia for whatever reason. His tour was up, something. He was there legitimately. Yet he cannot come to terms with the guilt of the thought that if I had have been there, maybe those two men would still be alive. Now, both of the, these fellas have suffered PTSD. And it's really interesting because the section leader, the guy that was on the ground that watched the explosion, that was covered in their viscera, he was able to deal with his mental illness and go on and, and work in a highly challenging career. Uh, I don't know how he does it. My, I, he's an incredible man. But this warrant officer, to this day, he's still broken from that thought. He has the nightmares of what if I was there? Coupled with his other um, experiences that he'd had in Afghanistan on the ground, this guy to this day is still a broken man. We don't know how the same event is going to affect each individual. You can't know. What we can know, though, is that your pain is real. And comparison is not required, necessary, or even beneficial in this circumstance. You cannot compare pain. You just can't do it. Somebody doesn't deserve to have a mental illness more than you because your experience wasn't as bad. That's ridiculous. Your pain is your pain. How your mind deals with your pain is going to be very, very different. Don't be discouraged. Please, if you need help, reach out. Don't feel that you have to tough it out takes courage to ask for help. It doesn't take courage to stay silent. Tomorrow, we are going to be looking at a film called Kokoda. Yes, I'm continuing the Australian theme. A um, couple of suggestions that have come through. Uh, I'm definitely going to talk about The Outpost. There's a scene in that show that um, just blows me away. Um, and... Uh, uh, we're we're, we're going to look at the bridge on River Kwai. Um, not my favourite movie by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, yeah, we're going to look at that one. We're going to look at Unbroken as well, an incredible film. Alrighty, have a great week. Once again, to any Vietnam veterans who happen to be listening, 
Uh, welcome home, fellas. And uh, we appreciate you and we honor your sacrifice. Good on you. Thank you for listening to Shattered, the podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. Go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information. <laughs>